to the next podcast. Who's next? Who's next? That was beautiful. This is Who's Next Podcast. We're back with a gaming episode. And of course, it's just me and Kev on this one. Say hello, Kev. I wish I knew that song. What song? So happy together. It's like, it's just you and me. Me and you, we're happy <laughs> together, and that's pretty much the only part I know. Oh, I I know what song you're talking about, but yeah, I don't I don't I don't know it. But I've I've they've done that song on movies and stuff like that. It's like a comedy yeah. bit a lot of times. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, for real, man. Um, anyways, so as we always start off, what you been playing, man? What you getting into? Oh, I've still been grinding away at Hyrule Warriors. Uh, I haven't had as much time this week to play it as uh, as I wanted to, but yeah, I'm still grinding away on it on the hundred percent. I think I'm maybe I'm on chapter three, so I don't know how many chapters the game is in. I think I've seen it's got like ten chapters or something like that, something around there. I think I've seen floating around. So yeah, I feel like I'm still got a little ways to go. Mm. If I'm only on chapter three and I've been trying to do everything, mm. uh, right now, uh, I'm kind of stuck on this one part where I got to do this challenge because they got the little challenge missions you do. Um, there's this one set of challenge missions you do like between level 20 and 30. You got to defeat like pretty much four mini bosses, like within a sp- five minutes. It's the time limit. It's the challenge. You got like five minutes to beat basically like four mini bosses. And it's been, been kind of difficult. I'm thinking about me. I might need to try to like upgrade my weapons or something to to be able to put out a little bit more damage to do it because I haven't been able to really to get it. Because I keep, I keep killing the three of them. And then I like I won't have enough time to kill the Lionel because it's a Lionel and it's two Moblins. Uh, no, three moblins. Yeah, it's a Lionel and three moblins. And I can kill the three moblins pretty fine, but then I'm going to need more than a minute to kill the Lionel. So, you know, i would be kind of getting stuck on that. But other than that, uh, I haven't really been playing too much of anything else. Um, I know they just released an update for the on, the Switch online service for the new... Um, they released one of the Fire Emblems that had never been released here before for the NES on the online service. Now, I want to get into that. Oh, that's dope. And, uh, yeah. It's never been released here before in the U.S. It was Japan only, but they released it on the NES online service. So I want to get into that to try to play that because hmm. um, I really like Fly- Fire Emblem. And then I got... Uh, um, what is it? I just had it, uh, had it in mind on the tip of my tongue. Um, Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight Void Heart Edition. I got that for free on PS Plus because it was free to, uh, this month on PS Plus. I think it's still no, it's, it's the six, so it's not going to be free anymore. It was free for October, but yeah, um, it was uh, it was free for October. I mean, not October for November. So I got that, and I'm going to probably be playing through that after I get whenever I get done with uh, Iron Warriors because I hear everybody saying it's such an awesome game, and it's supposed to be very 
hard it's supposed to be difficult like people are saying like it's got like dark souls level bosses of difficulty in it so i'm all curious to go ahead and try it so yeah i'm looking forward to doing that as well that's interesting you know it would kind of be cool to have a dark Souls dark souls type legend of zelda game like yeah 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 because i could see how that would work because mm. when i would uh I don't know if you remember, but a little while ago, I was doing a Twitch run, uh, run on Twitch, or Breath of the Wild, with a difficulty mod on my. Uh, yeah, I do remember. I even watched some of that. Yeah. Yeah, with the difficulty mod, and it was it was felt very kind of Dark Souls. Felt like it was a good match for people who want that kind of difficulty. You know, um, I think it would be a nice, just a nice option to have in Zelda. Like, uh, if you could just to have that kind of. I know they got Hero Mode. But I feel mm. like maybe if there was something maybe beyond hero mode, or maybe if they made hero mode kind of more similar to that, that kind of level of difficulty. It, well, you know, not even about the difficulty level, right? Even just the game structure. Like, if they did it the way that these Dark Souls games are done, I think it would be very reminiscent of how Legend of Zelda was when it first came out. I mean, if you remember when Legend of, like, the Legend of Zelda game. For like oh, you're the, talking more about just the game design, the way the world we, is Well, yeah, because, like, the, the, if you go into the NES right and i think there's like yeah. the legend of zelda that's on the switch right now on the nes stuff and you literally like open up you go into a room talk to somebody they give you a sword and shield and like good luck figure it out that's yeah, kind that's, of yeah that's really yeah that's a dark souls type it, yeah. of deal how they do that and I then think... link would just meet up with npc characters and then do these obscure quests and stuff like legend of zelda would fit like, if, if Nintendo wanted to, like, you know what? We're going to let somebody else play with the Legend of Zelda franchise from software. That's that's it. That's it. You just give it to from software. Because I think it would be very They do match up pretty similarly, yeah. the Like, the overarching structure of each game. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. At least how they really used to be. And even, like, the new one now uh, with the Breath of the Wild was kind of like that. Where it's like, there you go. Here's the world figure it out just do, yeah just go out there and do it that's one yeah, of the things yeah, i respected yeah. about this new one because like for as much as i like uh, ocarina of time as far as one of the old ones that like that that's just the special one that i always look to for legend of zelda um that one does kind of hold your hand a bit into like guiding you through the game where if you look at some of the original zeldas and then like this new one here like the breath for all the problems i might have with breath of the wild which i mean it's a good game I'm not saying it's not, but there are, you know, a couple of issues I have. One of the things I do like is it kind of went back to that basic structure of here's the world, figure it out, have fun. And right. I do like that on some level like that. That's pretty cool. But to see it in done in like a from software style, I think would be very fascinating. And um, that, that would be pretty cool. I, I would love to see a mashup like that. That, that would be one. That would definitely be good. So, anything else, man? Um, I don't know what else. If I get, I don't think I've really been getting into anything else. I can't think of right now. I've been Hyrule Warriors has been taking up most of my time because it's been it's been pretty grindy, mm. playing on a very hard. It's been pretty, you know, a pretty nonstop grind to try to get through it like that. But you know, I enjoy the difficulty. I know the game's supposed to like be like you're overpowered and. You're just kind of mowing through enemies and everything, but that gets kind of repetitive to me for after a while. So, yeah. I like having I like the grind. I'm just one of those people. I like the gr I like that grind, but and it doesn't feel 
to the point where like I can't make any progress at all or if it's mm-hmm. it's you know it's painful it's it's challenging but it's not like overly so okay that's pretty cool um so for me I've you know grinded on PS5 and for the most part uh it's been a lot of demon souls um I had something weird happen I don't remember if I talked about it last episode but I had got to the new game plus and then I got invaded on my first run through of new game plus one in the world. And the guy killed me. Um, when he killed me, I respawned in King Alant's room from the beginning of new game plus and King Alant huh. was de aggroed and just standing there. And I started hitting him till he died. And then I got his soul. And I opened up the archstone. And I can teleport in that room at any point. But it didn't activate the the sword dropping and creating that hole for the uh maiden in black to take you down there. Right. So it was strange. So I was like, okay. You know, like because I mean I like my challenges and stuff, but this was weird. So I just hit King Alanta. I killed him just to see what would happen, you know. Right, because you got you got if like in that situation, you got to see what's gonna happen. Exactly, and nothing yeah. nothing happened. So, okay. So I, I just keep playing like normal. After I beat one one and one two, right? I was kind of scared to play one three because I, f- I felt like if I go through one three and beat it. Will it just give me in the in-game shit? You know? Then I won't be able to mess around with the Maiden in Black and level up or do any of that shit, right? Right. So uh, I stayed away from doing 1-3. And I did 2-1-2-3. You know, I went through and did all the other bosses and stuff. Once I completed all the other worlds, all of a sudden when I got back the cutscene triggered where the sword dropped and the glass broke and then I was ready to go to beat the game. Well, I didn't fight the penetrator. <laughs> penetrator. Yeah. So I, then the penetrator isn't required for no. thinking. Hmm. See, this is very interesting to me because I don't know if there's a randomizer for uh, Demon Souls like there are for the other Souls games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any mods for it like that because it, no there actually there, there isn't going there wouldn't be because it's a it's a it's a playstation exclusive game so yeah i don't really think there would be any mods for it Mm-mm. Mm-mm. so see so yeah, this is this what that's what this sounds like to me it sounds like yeah. the type of thing you would discover in a randomizer when you're playing the game all out of order and stuff mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you would discover you kind of discover like what's actually required to beat the game like for zelda yeah like to in ocarina time like for instance you don't actually need all the medallions to make the bridge to get the Ganon. You actually only need the light and the shadow medallion mm-hmm. and the bridge will appear. So usually you can use, you can set your requirements, what you want to do in mm-hmm. a randomizer for Zelda. You just need light arrows. You need light arrows. You need, um, depending on your requirements, what you need, you need light arrows, the, uh, the bow magic, the shadow medallion and the light medallion. And mm-hmm. you can, that's like the least you need. If you need to be able to go, and just beat Ganon. If you want to skip all of Ganon's trials, if you you can just do that. So I don't know. That's that's strange. It makes me want a randomizer for Demon Souls. Now that you say that. 
Yeah, it is weird. Well, this is what I ended up doing. So instead of like finishing off the game, I went back to 1-3. And I ran through a Beat the Penetrator, and everything was normal. Beat the Penetrator, and opened up 1-4. So then what I did was I skipped ahead back into King Alon's room to see if whatever. And he was dead. Just there was nobody there. And I walked over to where that elevator is that brings you up there. Right. And then a cutscene triggered. And it was me walking in and you see King Alon at the front getting up, like turning to you, like the cutscene before the fight. Before the boss fight, right. For the boss fight. Yeah. Then it starts up and the music's playing for the boss fight, but there's no King Alon. He's dead. Because I killed him already at the beginning of the fucking game. It flags the boss fight. Was the was his health bar and everything up? No. No. Okay. So, it's just it just flags for the music because mm-hmm. you walked into the room. Yes. And the cutscene, the cutscene must be the flag to play the music, and then it plays the music, starts playing the music for the boss fight and everything. Yeah. yeah. So could you could you you left the room? You yeah, the room? I got I hit the archstone, left the room, came back in, and the music was gone. And then I tried to trigger the cutscene again, and it wouldn't trigger again. So right, because it it's only gonna trigger once. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was it. That makes sense. Because mm-hmm. when you left, the game probably saw that the boss was dead, so you went back. Mm. They probably check for. That's weird though. Why wouldn't it check for the flag to see if the boss was dead before? I don't know, man. It was strange, dude. It was that was the weirdest thing, and it all triggered because I I was I think what happened was typically I'm wondering if this would happen. Typically, when you start the game. You're in soul form, right? Right. Because you, you, you're supposed to die. You go through the, the, the training thing and you fight the Vanguard demon, right? And you're supposed to die to him. If you kill him, you'll go into meet the dragon god and the dragon god kills you, right? So right. Uh, either way, you die and you start off in Balateria as a soul. Well, in New Game Plus, you can start off in Balateria as a human, because after you kill uh, the last boss, who's that writhing King Alant, the real one, you you turn human. And uh, I guess there was some glitch where because I was human and I died in Boletaria by an invader. Uh, I don't know. I, I just I, when I spawned, I was in soul form and I was in King Alant's room and he was just standing there. He and his health bar wasn't up either, but when I was hitting him, you know how you hit enemies and, and the little health bar pops up kind of above their head type deal? Yeah. That's what happened for King Alon. So then I okay. would just keep hitting him and yeah. I could see his health going down, but I didn't see the big health bar on the bottom like when you're normally fighting a boss. Right, because you didn't you didn't go through the door, so you didn't tra- flag the cutscene mm-hmm. to trigger the boss fight, which mm-hmm. must be the the um, the fight for his AI to aggro. Yep. Right. Yeah. And since you didn't do that, his AI didn't aggro. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. I bet if you looked online, if we really wanted to kind of look into what what was going on behind that, you could. Somebody's probably already uh got an explanation for that for like all the glitches and stuff. I, I see somebody mentioned something about a glitch into getting into Alon's room with him deaggroed, but they didn't do it the way I did it from what I heard. I, I, I don't exactly remember what the details were, though, but I remember hearing that somebody did it. But anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting 
Cause it's just different. Like it was just weird, dude. Like I yeah, when you have stuff like that happen yeah. to you. Yeah, but I mean, it didn't break my game. Like I actually went ahead, beat it, and I'm on New Game Plus three right now, or two New Game Plus two. So um, yeah, everything seems fine. You know, like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a weird, weird situation, you know. Uh, I tell you one thing that does kind of suck though is um, I'm at like a level 106 or seven or something like that. I'm over a level 100, and um, it's becoming harder to get invaded and to find invasions. Yeah, because people usually stick to a meta level for yeah. invasion to kind of make it competitive. You're probably not going to start finding invasions for high levels until after like a lot of people start like. Well, getting into the game and they start kind of yeah. getting bored and they start explore, exploring the... Uh, I've been the finding a good bit of them in World 1, 3, and 1, 4. So basically like the in-level stuff, the in-game stuff, I mean. I've actually been able to get more invasions there. But a lot of other places, you're right, like I'm not really getting it. So I got a new character I was working on. But I'm kind of holding it off to see if Eric wants to play some now that he got his PlayStation 5. Oh yeah, yeah. I know he he probably told you he got his PS5. Yeah, yeah. He actually well, a, came over. I don't know if day. I told you. I told him you have Borderlands. Do you have Borderlands Three? I think you do. Huh? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay, if you got your um, PS4 disc, you got a disc drive version of the PS5, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you take your PS4 disc, you put it in your PS5, you can get a free upgrade to the Ultimate Edition that has all the DLC and everything in it. Mm. Okay, because they're doing that. If you're if, for uh gearbox is doing that for everybody who stays within the same console family mm. they get the free upgrade to the ultimate edition because borderlands is done releasing dlc now they've released all their dlc the last pack launched uh last month on the 10th so yeah now they got like the ultimate edition that they're selling for like 90 bucks that has everything mm. but if you played it on ps4 and you stay in the same console family you can use the disc from your ps4 or if you have the digital version you can do it too you can get it from the store to get the free upgrade to the ultimate edition. So I told him about that and you can do it too. Yeah. I remember reading something about that. I need to just go ahead and just do that right quick. Um, cause I got the disc right there. It's a simple upgrade. I might as well do it. Uh, I know my brother has been playing with me on that right now. He's actually playing. He got me into torchlight too. So I've started playing torchlight too with him now. Yeah, me and Eric played that a, like, oh my gosh, I don't know how many years ago. At least it's been at least five years ago. Yeah. We played it. We played the hell out of it too. That's we were looking about. into getting uh, Torchlight Three at one point. Yeah, what, uh, just, yeah. The final version isn't out yet, right? Wait, what? The final version of Torchlight Three isn't out yet, right? Isn't it still in like kind of a beta mode or something? No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was in early access. I just checked the Steam page earlier today, and it looked like it was in full release now. So I don't know when they did full release, but yeah, it's forty bucks now to for Torchlight Three on Steam. So I think they're out of early access, from what it looks like. Okay, all right. Well, uh, that's cool then. Uh, yeah, my brother said he's got Torchlight Three, but he still mixed feelings on it, and he likes Torch Torchlight Two better. I guess that's what I've been hearing. That Torchlight Three is. They say that the 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 um variety isn't isn't as good as in two because like the build variety, and then people say that grinding it's very grindy like a Korean MMO 
I don't know if you guys, y'all ever played any Korean MMOs. Me and Eric used to play Ragnarok online back in the day, which is a Korean MMO. Yeah. They're infamous for their, their heavy level grinding. Mm. But the payoff is that their build systems are usually very flexible. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but so I've been playing, I just actually started the Torchlight stuff. Me and Timmy were playing all late last night. Um, let's see. What else was I been playing? Spider-Man. I started up a file. I've played a little bit of Miles Morales. Uh, it's great. looks great. And um, the remastered version of the regular Spider-Man, my son started playing What do you think about it. the new, the new uh, Spider-Man design? They tried to make him look like, um, what's his name? Seeing it in the game, like in the game cutscenes and stuff, honestly, it doesn't look as bad as what it looked in some of the screenshots I saw. Okay, because a lot uh, of people were saying that it felt like he was too young to be Miles' mentor. He looked way too young. Kind of, but honestly, I think it's splitting hairs. I, I think if if they didn't change it, if he started off looking like that, I don't think people would care. I think it's right. the fact of this change. The change is weird. I don't understand why they needed to change it, but whatever. You know, like, they, I think they gave some bullshit reason. Like, it right. rendered think, better I or something. I weird change myself. Like, why? Yeah. No, I mean, the original look of them was fine but whatever like it doesn't it doesn't bother me but i i mean i'm not hardcore spider-man fan either like i like the batman games more so you know whatever um but i mean they're good spider-man games good miles morales is good um and you can really tell uh the difference in the remastered version of spider-man like looking at i'm just like damn this shit looks good i don't remember looking this good before yeah uh you know, now that we're talking about Spider-Man, it brought something in mind. Mm. Last uh, episode we did, you asked me uh, what was something that, like, broke me in the difficulty. Like, something that broke me in the difficulty. Like, um, I just quit and I didn't want to go back to it. Mm. And we were talking about Doom Eternal. Uh, well, I actually do want to go back to that. Yeah. Well, there's actually something in Spider-Man that freaking made me... I don't want to ever want to go back to it. Like, oh, it was yeah. so fucking tedious and shit. It was one of the Taskmaster tasks. Um, where you have to swing through the city and you got to get the drones. Um, the, I forget which one it was, but I've been pl- I've been playing on the hardest difficulty. I do that with all my games just because I don't know I like fucking torturing myself. Yeah, I did the same thing with that Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, on this difficulty, I've been I was trying to do the one where you uh, like I said, you got to swing through the city, collect all the drones in like a specific amount of time or whatever it is. I remember. And I just, I don't know, it was frustrating me so fucking much that I just ended up rage quitting. I'm right near the end of the game. Like, I'm right near the end of the game, and I have I just fucking quit playing the game. And I haven't gone back to it at all. And I want to go back and finish the game. I want to say, say I completed all that. Because I know I've beaten the game. And I know I had it on the hardest difficulty. Um, I, I know I've beaten... But I don't think I went for the gold in every single quest. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to get uh, gold and everything. I don't think I, I want, got gold. I was trying to one hundred percent it. Mm. Is what I was trying to do. I don't remember you know? if I got. I know I took some time to get gold in a lot of them. I just don't remember if I did it for all of them. If I just said, "Ah, fuck it," and it just kind of went ahead and played the game. Uh, I don't. I don't remember. I'd be curious to go back and see my save file and see. That's interesting. Um, yeah, some of that, some of these little, because some of the stuff like that, if it's not story driven, sometimes I really don't give it much 
Like, if it's not story-driven or some cool side quest thing, like, if you give me this tedious, like, hit the computer and you could do this training exercise, like, I don't I don't care. It's not cool yeah, and interesting. Yeah, it's like Arkham Knight doing all of the combat simulations. Yeah, like, I think I did them all, but it's it's not, it's almost just, like, tedious work, and it's not fun. Or like finding all, like, the Riddler trophies and shit. Like, for instance, Final Fantasy VII Remake, right? Like, talking to people and then doing these side quests where you go fight Bahamut, and you go fight like uh, the behemoth. I mean, uh, you go fight behemoth. And actually, Bahamut is a side quest too. Actually, and you fight Bahamut and stuff like that. That's cool and fun to me, right? Because those are interesting things that are just kind of cool little side things. You don't have to do. You could beat the game without it. But it's kind of cool that it was there and you could do it. Um, although I I kind of didn't care for the way they did the GFs, where it's like. Use this training simulator and fight all the, the, you know, the fucking summons. And then you get them. Where it would have been cooler to be able to go to some level layout. And you find them in there, whatever, you know, like, I don't know. It's it's whatever. But I'm glad they did something with it to where, like, they were, like, extra boss fights. Where you fight all the summons to get them. Because in the original, you just found the materia and that's it, you know. But stuff like that, I do like. But like the catch all those things, like um, I might go through the process and do it just to one hundred percent it in my opinion. But like, not always. Sometimes it just be like fuck it. As long as I do all the story side stuff, that's right. what that's where I will not go forward till I do like all that shit. You know. Well, that's where that's where I hate being a completionist because I get fucking obsessive about 100%ing my games. Because uh, if I don't 100% it, and then I come back and I look at that fucking save file, and it just says like 99 point whatever percent, and I'm like, I feel fucking like, it, it just triggers me. I feel like, I'm like, fuck, I got, I got to get that other fucking half a percent. I want to see that fucking 100%. I'm obsessed with it. Which is why I haven't gone back to Spider-Man, even though I want to finish it. Because I know if I do, I'm going to be driven to complete that fucking little side mission just so that I can get that 1%. And I don't want to deal with that fucking, that annoying ass, uh, that annoying ass mission. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> um, let's see. What else did I uh, get into? I've been getting a few things. Um, I've been trying out PlayStation now. I bought a year of it on deal for like 40 something bucks. Um, oh, wow. So, okay. um, I hear I hear it's a lot better now the, uh, than what it was. That it's got a better selection. It's not so much input lag and everything in it. So is is it true? Has it been good? Yes, it's been good so far. Now, of course, you can download a lot of the PlayStation Four titles. However, I've been going back and I started playing Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker because I never beat that one. And it's been interesting going to play that because I'm like, okay, this is the formula for Metal Gear Five, and they introduce characters like Paz and stuff that like. I didn't know yeah, where you were she. A big piece of the story, not playing Peace Walker from yes. the HD collection. Well, yeah. I was missing a big piece of the story from Metal Gear Five, but not from the the original like Metal Gears One, Two, Three, and Four. Like those. Well, then, yeah, from not from like Solid Snake's story, but like yeah. from Big Story. Yeah. Yeah, from Big Boss's story. So uh, it's been kind of interesting going back, but you gotta stream that game because it's a PlayStation Three game. They never re-released this stuff for the four. So ah. they're all having to be streamed. Um, so far, I don't feel much in the way of button lag, but every once in a while, it, it stutters. Not not often, not anything that I feel like breaks the game, 
But I don't think I'll ever play a game on hard difficulty on a stream because of that. Because right. it still kind of stutters, right? If I'm going to go back to a game, it'll probably be on like a normal setting. And I'm just kind of playing it to experience the game again. Not for the difficulty. And I will never play a fighting game on a stream. On a stream game. Right. Not until that's really fucking fixed. Because it's not... Well, nothing that requires that kind of uh, yes. reaction time and anything. Yes. And yes. the stutters could be for any number of reasons, right? Because it's like, it's hard to get that perfect smooth connection over something mm. like that. I'm wondering right. if I ever upgrade my internet to Gigablast, I, maybe that'll clean it up. Uh, I mean, I am getting download speeds of, of right under 300 megabytes per second. So, I mean, my shit's pretty fast. And like I said, the gameplay is pretty flawless for the most part. Uh, but the, it does just like kind of stutter a bit where the screen will kind of like almost like shake a second. Uh, but it, it's not... It's never been so bad where it's like, oh, I can't even play this anymore. It's just been like, oh, it's a hiccup, and then I'm straight. And I know what it is. So I think I'll stick with it and keep playing through Peace Walker streamed and just see how far I get because uh, this is a game that I have been missing out on. It's one of the only Metal Gears I never played because I think it originally came out for the PSP, if I'm not mistaken, right? The was it P- I, th- I want to say Vita. I want to say it, it might have been Vita, but I knew it was basically for that like handheld system. Yeah, and I typically just never really fucked with handheld games. Like I, I got a PSP, not the Vita, but I got a PSP when it first came out. Shit, like about like fifteen years ago, <laughs> and uh, I tried to get into that handheld market, you know, but it just, I don't know, man. Like it's just not really for me, I guess. I don't know, like, cause like if I'm home, I want to play my console. If I'm out and right. about, I'm typically like doing something so i'm not in a position to sit down and just play like i'm drive to work i don't take a train so like i'm not like sitting somewhere and i can play my handheld device for a while you know that's just not what i can do and in my job i don't have really any downtime i'm making deliveries like i'm going and going and going it's not like i go somewhere then i chill for 20 minutes and oh i could pop a handheld out and like play ps so the the handhelds never really attracted me that much so that's why peace walker just completely missed me is i mean a lot of games that's why kingdom hearts i fell off on pretty hard too because like kingdom hearts did one and two and then they did their whole series on like mobile and fucking like handheld devices like the ds and shit like that right and um yeah i just didn't play them because of that you know like i just don't really play it not not because i'm against it like i I don't hate it nothing like that it's just that's not what i'm typically there for you know like i don't i don't um yeah it doesn't really fit your lifestyle right exactly Mm. yeah it doesn't fit your lifestyle because not everybody's got that downtime like like in a big city, like if you're someone who like rides public transit or something, you got a fucking hour to kill on like subway or riding a bus or something. I could see, yeah, you know, mm. you know something like that, or some shit, or like um, you're you know sitting somewhere as you're waiting, and you can just pull it out, just freaking play some of, it, you know, right? Like like that, I can see, mm. right? Yeah, but, some people still rather like some people still at home just pull out the handheld and play. It's just yeah, when they, I'm at uh, home. I'd rather play the console or just like watch something. Like I, I, I'm not much for just playing. It's like sometimes, oh, I pop my handheld out 
And then I got something on TV and I'm playing a game. And that's cool. Like, I get it. It's just not the way I typically do things. So, like you said, it just doesn't fit the lifestyle that I have. I mean, the Switch, I've played a little more. But even the Switch, I'm not even really playing that much. Like, I'm really just playing my PlayStation now. And then now that I got the PlayStation 5, that's the only thing I've really been playing. So, um, I've been doing that. And going to see how PlayStation now goes for the year. Uh, mess around with the stream and stuff. Um, but, I mean, I'm going to download when I can download. Uh, the last thing I bought, and I streamed a little bit of it, I got uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Or I think it's Castlevania Requiem. And it has like two different Castlevanias in it. It was on deal for like 10 bucks, So I started playing Symphony of the Night. And I never really played uh, Castlevanias. So... The Requiem, that's... Um, is that the one that has Bloodlines and Symphony of the Night in it? I, I believe is? so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I started playing Symphony of the Night, and uh, it's been cool, you know, going through the castle. Um, I think you start off playing as Alucard, if I'm not mistaken. That's who I'm playing as now. And, um, yeah, you kind of start off, like, with all your weapons and shit, and you fight Dracula. That's how it opens. And then when you beat Dracula, he dies, or, well, he doesn't die, something <clears throat> there's some explosion of shit and then you end up somewhere and um, they give you a little quick synopsis of uh, <coughs> what's going on with the Belmonts and you know Alucard helped Trevor which is kind of what the TV show uh, on Netflix has done and where they defeated Dracula and uh, Alucard's kind of doing his own thing and uh, you kind of jump in with him at this juncture and um you run into death and death takes all your weapons from you. And then you just start from like nothing. Like you literally start with your fist and you're just punching and then you slowly get weapons and stuff and do that. And so I think I killed one boss, which was a duo, which was like some pterodactyl looking, no, some lizard looking thing with a spear and some like bat monster creature. They would like pick him up and try and drop him on me or some shit like that. And uh, I killed them so far. So, uh, but it's been fun kind of going back, playing some old school uh, shit like that. You know, uh, I like that. And I like to fill in my gaps of history, games that I missed growing up, like that one. So that's always kind of cool to go back and play. I do the same with movies. I watch old movies of shit that's like something that a lot of people talk about, something that's popular that, like, you know, I never saw, and uh, I'll go back and watch that. And I like to do that with the games, too. Uh, I think recently I did that with uh, Soul Reaver. So, um, Legacy of Kane. So, anyway, um, that's kind of it for me, what I've been playing and stuff like that. Uh, So, you can check me out, Sammy Savage 88 change the name, and you can check out uh, Sir Kalo over at Twitch, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, twitch.tv slash sirkalo s-i-r-k-a-y-l-o alright so we're going to change it up we're going to look back at the year as far as our topic some of the best selling games and look at the best um, games that are streamed and just kind of have a discussion about because I think some of this has even come up with Nintendo where they shut down a fighting contest over a mod with oh uh, Slippy. Oh, my God. For the, for the hashtag free melee shit. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, So there's some shit with that. 
And, um, I mean, Nintendo's also notorious for always cracking down on people using their IPs and stuff. Even sometimes with the streaming stuff, they don't really make it too easy to do. I'll put it that way. Like, with the Switch, you need a capture card and all this kind of stuff. Where, like, PlayStation and Xbox are like, oh, here you go. Here's easy tools to stream. So, um, I want to talk about that because I think... For some, there was also a controversial comment that came out from some uh, one of the game devs or like on a game. Um, I might be CEO of a publishing company. I just don't remember his name, but I've been hearing it on um, Castle Super Beast. Uh, he came out being like, "You streamers better be thankful that y'all are streaming games y'all didn't pay for, y'all don't have any ownership for, and you're making your money off of this stuff because it should be illegal." And like people lit him up behind that shit, and and apparently it came out that his um his background on his Twitter page, he took that from an artwork that somebody did, and he didn't pay for that, nor did he ask permission to use it. He just did it. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah, the hypocrisy is amazing. Um, right. But anyway, so we'll uh, we'll spin it out in that, but we'll start with this. Kev, what do you think the top-selling games... Now, this is top, top 10 selling video games, retail and digital, year-to-date, ending by October 2020. Okay? So uh, this is from NPD.com. All right? Um, the top-selling games this year. For this year? Yes. Okay. Um... My guess is, uh, first I gotta say, Animal Crossing: uh, New Horizons. I think they got a huge sale this year because that that is number two. Yeah, I knew they had to be huge this year. Yeah, Uh, I'm also gonna say fucking Last of Us Part Two because everybody was waiting for that shit, and then I think the controversy probably, even though they had like the controversy around it, it probably even made it sell more. So I'm gonna probably say that's probably on the list somewhere. Yes, it is. Um, it's number four. Number four. Uh, <laughs> let me think. What else came out this year? Um, see, that's my biggest problem with these things is that I can never remember what else came out this year. Um, that's all good. I mean, you got we had Doom, Final Fantasy VII remake. We had Resident Doom Evil Three remake. Year. Yeah, all this year. We, in fact, Doom Eternal came out alongside Animal Crossing. They almost cross. Oh yeah, they right. They did. Yeah. So yeah, I gotta say Doom Eternal's up there because Doom Eternal's even up for um. Not on the list. Game of the year. Not yeah. on the list. Not on the list. No. Not okay. on the list. I'm surprised because it's even up for game of the year. You're missing some obvious ones. Like, I mean, what's the one top selling shooter typically of all time, always every year? Oh, uh, freaking Call of Duty, right? Call of Duty Modern Warfare is number one. Because remember, they they rebuilt, they like remade Modern Warfare, I believe, this year. It came out. Oh, is that the one where they made free to play and it was supposed to be like a battle? No, that was Warfare. Modern, uh, that was Warzone. Modern Warfare, I think, is the one that came out at the end of last year, maybe. Um, There was a remake, I think they did, of their Modern Warfare series. Like, it wasn't like a, like, just upscaled. I think it was like a complete remake of the Modern Warfare. Oh, I think I remember people making a big hoopla about it now because they were saying, like, oh man, Modern Warfare was like one of the best CODs ever and then they remade it. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think I remember yeah. that now. And like now that just came out, and that's why it's not on this list, I guess, because we're talking from the end of October is all I got the numbers for. They haven't come out with November. And of course, you know, we're in December now, so we're not going to know that. But as the end of October, um, <clears throat> Call of Duty uh, Cold War is a new one that just came out in last month in November. And uh, we don't have those numbers are on there. But Modern Warfare, you know, that's on there. Top selling this year. Um, so that's number one, actually. So number one, Call of Duty. Number two, Animal Crossing. And you got number four, The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, there's a couple of games on here that you should be able to get, dude. Some of them are kind of surprising, though. Like at number nine, uh, I'll give you this one. Number n- came out this year. Oh, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake came out this year. Yes, that's number six. That's number six. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what else would be on the list? It's a game that you've been playing a good bit recently, actually, is on the list. Really? Something I've been playing recently? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm what's, trying to think. What's some of, what is one of the newest games that you just recently got? Oh, Ghost of Tsushima. Number five. Number five. Okay, yeah. No, totally. I could see that. Um, what's another big one? Uh, is... Square Enix had a big flop. Do you remember that? They did? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I say it's a big flop, but it's number seven on this list. However, they lost a couple million dollars on this thing. You know what I'm talking about? Square Enix? No, not right off mine. Right Marvel's off top, top. Avengers. Right, that Avengers game. That's right. It did come out this year and it flopped. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it's, it's number seven. It didn't, it, didn't, it didn't do nearly as well as I thought it would. It did not have the retention of players on it, but they sold pretty well. It's number seven on the list. You know, of all the games that came out, which I think this year I thought I saw a number like it's over 2,000 games, you know, that came out this year. Uh, But I don't know how much that number includes like mobile shit and whatever else. But out of all that, you know, this is number seven. So, I mean, that's pretty respectable. Um, Number eight is Super Mario 3D All-Stars. That's not surprising. Number nine, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. What? How did uh, Mario Kart 8 make it on there? Think about it. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I'll explain it. I think I know how. Think about what happened when COVID hit. What happened to all the Switches? Right. They they freaking sold out a lot. So what games are they going to get to play at home? Right. That's what everybody got to play. Mm -hmm. They got the Animal Crossing Switch, and they probably got... Those Mario are two games Kart. that are bundled with the Switch, too. Animal Crossing and Mario Kart 8. Yeah, and I guess that's probably how those two got got in with it. So, And number 10, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Oh, that actually made the top 10. Yeah. yeah. Wow, I'm surprised that made the top 10. I'm kind of surprised, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, Dragon Ball still has a strong name and follow. Just think, if it actually was, like, good, because I've heard it's not really that great. But if it actually was good, um, they could have probably easily taken you know top five somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah. Oh know? yeah. Like um, Dragon Ball's always been huge here, a lot bigger here in the West than it has in Japan. Actually, I don't know why that is, especially in like South America. Apparently, 
they're like they're obsessed with it even more there than what we are here so yeah it's not like it's it's kind of surprising because i didn't think an anime game would ever break top 10 like best selling but if any anime game was going to do it i I can see dragon ball it's fucking dragon ball here Mm -hmm. all right so now let's go into twitch um the most streamed games on twitch december 2020 this is ranked by the average concurrent live channels in the last 30 days okay so just think about the last 30 days what are the top streamed games do you think uh usually pretty consistently league uh league of legends uh, is number three league of legends is number three yeah call Call, of duty call of duty black ops cold war which is the new game in november that's number six right uh fortnite fortnite's number two right um let me think what dota is usually another big one that's consistent Uh, nope not on the list really now on the top ten mm. list. Okay. Um, in fact, I don't even see World Dota's. Warcraft. Dota's way down there. Dota two is number twenty four. Really, Dota's number twenty four. Really, Dota's usually up there. Average really? average of one hundred and thirty three live channels. Dota. Okay. Fortnite averages six hundred and twenty one, just to give you perspective, but Fortnite's not number one. But number one is not really fair because it's not really a game, I don't think. Number one is just chatting. Right. Yeah. The just the just chatting is like mm. all of the like e girls and like all of that stuff. Yeah. Like I got like I understand that. Yeah, that's but, number one with twelve hundred and sixty two. It has double the amount of Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you're I misunderstood. I was like, what? Uh, this is the like how many people are streaming these games? How yes, not not the most watched, not the most watched, not the highest peak viewerships or anything, or the most popular. It's the most streamed. Yeah. This is the most amount of channels. So the reason why I'm looking at this is because I'm relating it to people who buy games compared to what people are streaming, not what they're watching, not what they're consuming, but what people are streaming in comparison to what's being purchased. If that makes right. sense. That's the point I'm driving at here with this little game I'm playing with you. So um, so just chatting is number one, which is just like, I think that's like podcasters do that kind of shit. I think too. Yeah, podcast, a lot of podcasters do it. Like I said, it's a lot of like e-girls that do it. Like mm-hmm. uh, they go into just chatting. Yeah, girls scantily clad, doing streams. Yeah, just talking or something. Okay, so... um. Number two, Minecraft is going to be on there, right? Let's see. Minecraft is number eight. Number eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. So then there's not nearly as many mind people streaming Minecraft right now as I thought. No, it's number eight. In fact, World of Warcraft is number four. Number four. Mm-hmm. 423. Hmm. Number five is Grand Theft Auto Five. That makes sense. A lot of people roll like to role play in the online. Number six is what we say, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War. Uh, number seven, Apex Legends. Makes sense. Yeah, Apex has been pretty big. Number nine, Valorant. Oh, yeah, that's the other one. That's the uh, other shooter. That's kind of trying to be like Overwatch. kind of. Mm-hmm. Number 10, Call of Duty Warzone. 
And number, I'm going to mention number 11 because um, number one is just chatting. So it's not necessarily a game. <clears throat> number 11 is Among Us. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have you played it yet? No, but I've seen some gameplay stuff on it. My kids play the shit out of it. You know, um, I know about it. I know what it kind of is. I just not so much. Yeah, then, I've been uh, playing it some with some of my Twitch friends. They like to stream it, so I'll hop in on their streams and like got a guest on like your streams and I'll play with them. I'm terrible at it because I'm a horrible liar. Every time I'm a killer, I uh, I usually end up getting caught very quickly because I just. I don't know. The, the social pressure just gets to me. I can't handle that kind of social pressure. I'm a horrible liar. Demon Souls has an average of 46 live channels. Super Smash Bros. Super Smash yep. Bros. Ultimate is an average of 43. Uh, just to name a few names out there. Um, <clears throat> number 12 is actually... Um, what's it? Dead by Daylight. So. Yeah, Dead by Daylight is actually a very popular one. It's actually a pop, more popular than what you would think it would be. It's a nice, um, it's a good game. You know, if you're if you're into like horror and you want something competitive, Dead by Daylight is actually pretty good. Yeah, one thing I noticed: the most streamed games they're like um, 100% multiplayer games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Multiplayer is like such an easy thing to stream, right? Because you go to it. You drop in a game, you play, and then if you're good at it, people like watching you be good at it. And then especially watching you like win and approve, you don't necessarily have to win every game. You can just be okay at it. But as long as you're good enough to be entertaining, people like watching you improve and get better. Mm -hmm. So multiplayer play games are like definitely like one of the easier things to stream on Twitch. You know, it's amazing how this uh, list uh, shifts when you click most watched from uh, most stream because most watch League of Legends is number one <clears throat> well just chatting oh, yeah, no, just chatting's number one so I'm just gonna take that off for now uh, League of Legends is number one Fortnite's number two Minecraft is number three Among Us is number four Counter-Strike Global Offense is number five World of Warcraft six Grand Theft Auto seven Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War eight FIFA 21 Nine, Dota two, number ten. So it yeah, really that's shakes. That's why I was a thinking bit. Dota was in the top ten because usually when I'm looking at Twitch and I'm looking at like what's popular, I'm looking at what's being watched because you know I'm a streamer. I want to know what people watching. Yep. Right. No, it so makes sense. I wasn't thinking. About what, yeah, I wasn't thinking about like what are other streamers streaming. Yeah. No, no, that makes sense. That's the watch compared to the um the uh what is being streamed basically what is being played and the other thing i think i'll mention it's interesting too uh i don't think i said madden nfl 21 is the number three uh top selling video game retail and digital for the year uh 2020 hmm. and if you look at october just the month of october top selling video games fifa 21 number one madden nfl number two watchdogs number three nhl 21 number four so sports games will rule in October, for that matter. Which, yeah. um, you know, I had a, this is a side note. I don't think I'll go too deep into it because I don't know how much you are familiar with the uh, hip-hop scene. But a buddy of mine is. And um, he believes 
that it's black people and their uh the hip hop culture as as a whole that really pushed the sale and the popularity of uh PlayStation. <clears throat> and his viewpoint is of the PlayStation 5 in particular. And his viewpoint is because if you look at some of the most bought games or popular games, it's actually sports games. And he's uh, and he's you know the black community and stuff like that. And this is him telling me, this is Jerome. You might have heard him on the movies and comics podcast. <clears throat> he's definitely much, you know, he's got his ear to the ground more so as it comes to hip hop. I mean, I was into hip hop and rap and shit like that back in my high school years. And like, I still don't mind listening to some shit and hearing some shit about it. I've just, I've listened to more podcasts and stuff now. I don't really listen to as much music as I used to. So um, I'm not as much on this into the scene of it as I used to be. But his theory to him is that it's been the black community and that hip hop scene that has driven the 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 want for the PlayStation Five and made it such a popular thing. And I believe he said Sony even, you know, did some marketing with like Travis Scott playing the PlayStation Five and like kind of leaning into that. And that's his personal opinion. Which I thought was interesting. Because I think if you listen to most podcasts and stuff, you would think completely different. Uh, you know, we never talk about sports games on here. You know, for that matter, we rarely talk about the first-person shooters as well. And some of the top games in the hip-hop community are things like Call of Duty, Fortnite, and like NFL, NBA 2K, like those kind of games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, I could totally get Jerome's point with that, and he is right, right? Like, cause, but I think he's right in the aspect of people who don't, you wouldn't call them core gamer demographic, the core gamer demographic. Somebody who play, the people who play FIFA, the people who play Madden, the people who play, you know, 2K and all that. They're the type of people who will buy a machine. They'll buy like maybe two games for it, and those are the only two games they'll ever fucking buy. Right. Well, the new so, editions of those games too, as well. Just the new Call of Duty, the new NFL, the new NBA. It'll just be that repeated right. cycle. You're right. Right. Exactly. So Sony is smart in that they will, because they're a, they're a music label too, right? So they're smart to be able to take their 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 people, like their any celebrities that they got on their payroll or whatever, on their labels, and say, oh yeah, well, you know, mention this in your game, or I mean, I mean not in your game, in your rap or in your music or whatever, and people will like it. People will go and buy it. It's just no different than, like, product placement in movies and shit, right? So, I mean, yeah, like, to a point, he's right. But like you said, when you listen to podcasts and things that are getting into, like, the more um, core, I'm going to call it core and, like, enthusiast level of, like, gamers and shit, people that, like, will play everything and anything just about, um, you will get a very different picture, like he said. People will usually go for more single player games than multiplayer, because multiplayer casual, uh, usually caters more to the um, casual side. I think, just because of like I said, it's much easier for a casual person to pick up and play, and get into a competitive game, play a few matches, and then shut it off. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I was just pulling up here while you was talking on that. Uh, the most played PlayStation 5 games. And um, let's see. November's top PlayStation 5 games so far. Uh, and I believe these are... Um, I believe uh, this is the most played PlayStation 5 title that wasn't given out for free. 
probably isn't what you expect. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War shows its incredible popularity with 37.8% of U.S. PS5 owners checking it out. Uh, like, the number one was Astro's Playroom, but, like, that's, uh, like, a free game. It came with everybody. Yeah, it came with everybody. So you had see. Black Ops, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, NBA 2K21, Modern Warfare. Um, I feel like PS5 is kind of worthy to be a, to kind of look at it like the best selling games, right? Because, I mean, how many games do we really have right now for launch? Yeah, I mean, not, not so many. I mean, even Xbox doesn't have any, like first party games for them on launch um playstation 5 is actually the only one that has a straight up playstation 5 game and that's demon souls and right. that's and that's the only game though like spider-man miles morales that's on the four black ops cold war it's on the four nba 2k 21 it's on the four modern warfare right. that's on you know it's all on there um right. If you look at if you look at what they did that the what the PS5 launched with Demon Souls, mm -hmm. that's like what you would call a core gamer title, right? It's a it's core a, gamer title, but it only makes up for fifteen percent of what people are playing on the PlayStation Five. Right. It's Cause like you got yeah. Miles Morales. That's got, uh, that's the second Demon's one. Place. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You got Miles Morales and you got Demon Souls. So, I think that was like Sony's strategy and going in. To the launch for this game that was it for the hardcore for the hardcore gamers you're right but like yeah that's for... the thing and then for all of the casuals you got like the call of duty and then you got like like you said the the sports games madden and 2k mm -hmm. and like all of that which you can also play on ps4 if they nobody wants to buy a new machine for them yeah but for the people who like to be on the cutting edge because they want to have like the newest shit. Just well, see, to be that's the, that's the interesting argument. There is it the people who like to be the on the cutting edge, or has the PlayStation Five been what's cool? Because right, like uh, to like, Jerome's, and I, I won't say it as racist as Jerome did, <laughs> but he said, you know, basically it's that hood shit. It's that I got the new hot shit. It's become that for the black community. And in his opinion, he feels like that. It's kind of like when you talk about like Birkin bags. Or something like that, right? And like, are you familiar with Birkin bags? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're very highly sought after bags that have ridiculous. They're ridiculously expensive, and like, even um, what's the boxer? Um, Floyd Mayweather like flies out to China just to get some bags because they limit what is actually sold in America. So, right. like, it's that exclusive. And like, his point is that is highly driven by like that hip hop black culture that sees a lot of value in these like kind of things like that and the playstation 5 has become something of that in that community and that's what he attributes to the crazy like because like look xbox series x and s is sold out everywhere like the ps5 but ps5 is what a lot of people are talking about looking for and it's the more sought after thing i feel then at least for what it seems to be from, you know, news articles you catch on it to, you know, even like the memes I saw. Like I would see these memes of these young black dudes, typically it, the memes were of like black men with old white ladies talking about PS5 secured. Like, have you seen those memes? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's the point I'm making. So I don't know. Like I thought it'd be interesting. I'm actually wanting to try and have Jerome try and stay a little late to do a gaming episode with us to kind of go into that because I don't think I don't think many podcasts ever talk about that I've never heard anybody really try and speak on this but I think it's an actual interesting point 
of what is actually popular. Like, if you want to talk about what's popular to hardcore gamers, yes, we're talking Spider-Man, we're talking Demon Souls. If you want to talk about what's popular to most people who have a PlayStation 5 system, it might just be Spider-Man and then some sports games and Call right. of Duty. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not going to be the other shit that we talk about. It's not going to be the Metal Gear. It's not going to be the Street Fighter. It's not going to be any of the other shit that we might speak on, the Demon Souls, Dark Souls, none of that shit. None. Demon Souls is 15% of what's being played on the PlayStation 5 right now compared to everything. Astro is 50. Makes sense because that's accessible to kids and adults, and it's a free game on the system. If you look at the purchase games, of course, Call of Duty, number one, because it's almost universal to hardcore gamers and to the casuals. Everybody likes the shooter. Then the sports games, typically a lot of hardcore gamers kind of tap out on those. But it's the, the casuals that still make that push on strong. I mean, if you look at it, it's like a lot of sports games from the stuff I've heard about these sports games, they really like just repurpose out old shit. Like, yeah, same thing. Next year, we just tighten it up a bit. I mean, they come out every year. They can't really change the game that that much to be able to pump these things out every fucking year. You know? Right. The thing that usually changes the most is the roster. Yeah. Right? And so, like, they just make money because they know that most people who buy it just casually play it, and because it's the hotness, they're just going to buy it every year, and it's a guaranteed paycheck. But there's no real sub... Every couple of years, I think one comes out with a little bit of substance, a little something extra. But <clears throat> for the most part, it's just, yep, there's another one. <laughs> and, I think you're getting into... Jerome's right, but I think he's looking at like the one... Because this isn't just for the black community, I don't think. Right, because it's got to do with your like I said, it's like product placement in movies, right? Because if you go and you look at pop songs and pop singers, and they got their own shit that they do the same way, right? Mm. So, but with like the products that they want, they will talk about PS5s and like all this other shit. Because they're either they're getting paid to do it, right? Because in their contracts or whatever, and because it it makes money for the company, it's advertising, right? So, so I I see what he's talking about, like I I really do. And I think he's right, right? But I think a lot of other uh, communities, you see the same thing, right? Because it's the, like you said, it's the new shit. It's the hot shit. You want to have what's new and what's cool. You want to be in the clique, right? Mm. And you got, it's yeah. not just the the black community. It's every, pretty much every community, right? They get someone from every demographic to push into those, you know, the, to those crowds. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's the weird argument um, because, like, again, his point is that, though, like, the black culture is what's basically hip and cool, especially in America today, right? Like, oh, even yeah. hip-hop yeah. itself has kind of washed away rock. Like, back in the 90s and early 2000s, I mean, Nirvana was huge, and you had, hell, Creed was big, Stained was big. Those were big bands, and Nickelback and shit like that. You don't really have any, and like maybe they're not the most popular bands now. I'm not trying to point as them being like the greatest bands of all time or nothing, but those were the big names that hit the radio waves all the time. Now times have really changed where it's very hip hop driven and it seems to be entrenched in a lot of the black culture. And that's what makes it cool. So to him, he feels like it's that. I tend to agree more with you because I do think Jerome is right in that, but like, these are the other things that made PS5 the winner here, in my opinion. First of all, it had 
uh, exclusive games you can't get on Xbox. Second of all, Xbox, they basically straight up told you you don't need the Series X because uh, if you got a PC, you're good. All those games are going there. Uh, if you got your Xbox and stuff like Xbox One X and all that, you probably still don't need it. Not, at least not yet. You know, like there's still no games that are really capitalizing on the power of that system. I mean, there there's some games that like, yeah, I guess it'll look a little better, native 4K, whatever, whatever. But like not not too significant. The biggest thing is the SSD drive and the faster load times. That's kind of the biggest grab for it. Right. So uh, but PlayStation 5 hits all that plus some. They have actually an exclusive next gen title, Demon Souls. Regardless of how popular it is or whatever, that's still going to get some people to buy it. So, I mean, PlayStation has done it right on all factors. They networked with Travis Scott, a big rapper in the hip hop community. <clears throat> they networked, uh, they, they worked with Bluepoint, getting Demon Souls, an exclusive PlayStation 5 title game. Um, they have the Spider Man license for gaming. And they have Miles Morales cranked out at the right time. And it does capitalize on some of the, some of the power that the PlayStation 5 can do. Uh, it looks great. You know, it, it definitely, I've heard a lot of people talk about it. if you go play it on your 4 Pro and then play the PS5, it's like you don't even want to go back to the 4 Pro. You know, there is a difference in the frame rate and in the, the visuals and everything like that. Like, I was watching my son play the remastered Spider-Man. It sure looks fantastic. It's like, yo, this is way better than what the four was. Because I remember playing it on the four. Didn't look like that. <laughs> you know? Is it's going from the four to the five, it's the ray tracing, right? Yeah. It's like the lights and the shadows and like all of the ray tracing and everything. It makes the game look so much more better, right? Because yeah. the four couldn't do that. The four barely did it didn't even do native four K. Like no, it was it doing like fourteen forty P. I think the, the only one that could do that was the Xbox One X. They claim right. native four K. Yeah. So you're going from 1440 to like true um, 4K at 2160p. And then you're not only playing at like at least 60 frames a second. I think I've heard that some games get up to like 120 frames a second. Um, and then you've got like ray tracing and shit. You're getting yeah. pretty much a PC experience of what Spider-Man would be on fucking yeah. PC. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's what you're getting, right? But yeah. the point is, is that the PlayStation 5 is now at this price point to where it's hard to argue like, oh, yeah, I could build one of those. I build a PC that price for like, you know, 700 bucks or whatever. You can't do that anymore with the PS5. You're going to spend $1,000 to, to probably build a PC that can do what the PlayStation 5 can do. Yeah, and the PlayStation 5 is 499 So like the cheaper options right there. Now in a couple of years, PC will outpace it, of course. But again, like you said too, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg still to do that. But right. Usually where you get your money back with PCs is like I said, is on the back end with games. Yeah. And everything because games are super cheap on PC, right? Yeah. But yeah. That's the same thing. Whereas on consoles, you keep games on uh PS5, they're gonna be like seventy bucks, right? Mm -hmm. So Sony's gonna be making their money back from that. Yeah. That's how they're gonna make their money back up for that. Mm -hmm. It's smart play though, because like the uh people are willing to play that other twenty dollars for these games. Well, and it's then the you can buy too, something dude. that's on par with like PC graphics for like half the fucking price. Yeah, like you can't you can't really like it's not a bad strategy. Like I'm, I I can't find a fault with it. Really. Yeah, I mean, you also you can't beat the simplicity. Like like running PC and running games on PC can't be complicated for the casual. Having a system right. where yeah. they could just put in a game and go, like that's that's where the consoles still stay alive. Look at the games that are still being sold. Most of them are casual games. 
they're not going to be people who are like, oh, let me soup up my PC. They don't give a fuck about that shit. They want something they can hook up to a TV and go. And that's why consoles are going to always stay around in some facet, some way, I think. Because it's the simplicity of access. Now, I, don't, I don't know if you can beat that. And regardless, I mean, look at Nintendo Switch. It's not even in the conversation as far as hardware, but it's still viable. It's still selling out. It's still hard to come by. I walked into a Target and seen one Nintendo Switch on the shelf. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> it's an anomaly. Them shit's been gone since COVID. Right. You oh, know? yeah. And it, yeah, it's, have you it's, seen the sales for the Switch where they're at right oh, now? Oh, they, 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 we just went over the top 10 list of the games and like at least half of them were Nintendo shit. You know, mm-hmm. Animal Crossing, uh, Super Mario 3D, Mario Kart. Like, fuck. You know, they're still they're still kicking ass with that, you know? Nintendo has sold twice as many Switches as PlayStation as PS4s at this same point in their life. Yeah. Right? Because uh, the Switch is like, what, two, three years into its life? Yeah. And it's at like I think I want to say ninety six. No, either ninety six or sixty nine million units. One of them. Yeah. One of those. I, I, I might again. I get, might get the uh, the numbers mixed up. I forget mm-hmm. which one, but yeah, it sold almost twice as many as uh, the PS4 did in the same time span. So like the Switch has been flying off the shelves. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Uh, question though for this then, and this is gonna bring it around to the actual topic um, with streaming. How helpful is that to the sales of games? How helpful is that to building a community? And how much do you keep putting into a company who almost feels like they don't like their own community, uh, i.e. Nintendo? Yeah, I get what you're pointing at. This is a nice nice segue into our next topic here. Do you know what the hard part? Of, uh, I think a lot of the streaming community doesn't want to face, and a lot of fandoms don't want to face, is that they like um, a lot of streamers. Let's take Super Mario Maker because that's the one I'm familiar with. Super Mario Maker Two is all about a community-driven game, right? You make levels for Mario, you play them. Super Mario Maker is probably it's not nearly one of the biggest channels on um, Twitch. I think it has like maybe a congruent like what like. 10,000 viewers I think it has like at any one time which is not a lot when you compare it to like to all the top things mm. the only time you can really say that oh yeah like I helped sell this game I helped make it popular is if you're fucking like ninja or somebody like that right and you're getting paid these big deals and you're at the top of twitch so and I think that's when companies are going to take notice of you because when like Ninja says, oh, yeah, I like this game. I want this game. I'm going to be playing fucking Valorant from now on instead of Fortnite. People are going to hop on fucking Valorant behind Ninja, and it's going to drive up that user base, right? Yeah. Everybody else is just a fan, right? Like these communities, these smaller communities, you're just a fan. And they they love these games, and I, I under, completely understand them, why they want to like do things with these games that they want to do. Because Mario Maker does the same thing. Mario Maker has a thing called crowd control where you can donate to mess with the streamer live. Like you can actually like change his game. Like you can give Mario a one up. You can take a one up away. You can spawn enemies. You can do all kinds of shit. And it's called crowd control. It's gotten so big that fucking Google has stole it for YouTube. And they came up with their own using their own version called um, something else, but they pretty much stole the idea. Google saw it and they pretty much stole the fucking idea for YouTube. And now it's, 
because they got their own version for YouTube streaming now. So, I don't know. I feel like, I what you're saying because um, I feel what you're saying on that as far as streaming goes because like um, <clears throat> if you're looking at the top streams, you're right. Like a lot of it is, is multiplayer games and some of them are like free to play or definitely at least cheaper to get into, right? Like it's not, it's oh, not yeah, really... Especially with the the the, the pricing schemes, mm. the idea of like battle pass. Yeah, yeah. You just jump into them. You pay for the battle pass. You get a bunch of cool shit, and like you know, they're definitely a lot easier to get into. Yeah, um, but but they're not gonna sell um, like the top selling games that we've went over, right? Like uh, Call of Duty's up there, right? Uh, but then you got your sports games, and on the stream list, I mean, FIFA's up there. FIFA gets up there on the stream list, but to be honest, a lot of the um, uh, NFL and like NBA 2K they weren't on the stream list. They're not. They're not there yet as far as the popularity goes. It's League of Legends. It's Fortnite. It's Call of Duty. It's Grand Theft Auto. It's it's all those games that are yeah. like topping the charts as far as what's being streamed and even what's being watched. Um, single player games. And stuff like I'm streaming Demon Souls or I might stream Spider Man and all this kind of stuff. They're not even hitting those. And like there's there seems to be with some companies and I'll point to uh Atlas in particular, I believe, is one. Because like Nintendo is not necessarily cracking down on streamers too much, but they are definitely touchy with what you do with their IP. And yeah, they, they will are. come after like you. Control of their IPs. Yes. Not and to me, it's. I mean, it's hard for me to to criticize because they're still pretty successful. So I mean, hey, whatever, do what you do. But I I wonder if this will ever turn against Nintendo. This like um, fan base that just feels like Nintendo doesn't like us because they're not what? trying to hurt Nintendo. They're trying to celebrate it, but they don't... Nintendo, the company, doesn't seem to understand or care. Right. I mean, because it's like this. Why would Nintendo like, care? Like, alright, let's take... Let, let's like, go ahead and talk about Melee, right? Like, everybody's upset because Nintendo put out uh, a stop to a tournament that was using that online mod for melee, right? Because people didn't want to get together for the tournament because of COVID. They didn't want to spread COVID, right? Mm. Now, a lot of people in the melee community, they're upset over this mod. I mean, over Nintendo shutting down this tournament that's using this mod, and they don't really understand why. And the hard pill to swallow is that it's kind of Nintendo's prerogative, right? Because like the community wants to do what they want to do with their property and the property. And they're saying, they're kind of saying on the if you go and you look at the hashtag and you look at some of the tweets, a lot of people, they're basically saying they want to be able to do whatever they want to do with the IP. And Nintendo's not going to let them do that, right? Because it's their IP. They own it. The, the, the community doesn't own it. And you kind of have to accept that, right? If you're yeah. going to be part of these games, even though I understand, like, you love a game. You want to help it grow. You want to participate and you can build a community around it. But at the end of the day, it's still just a product of a company. You don't ever own it. Yeah. Right. You don't ever, you can't own, you can't do whatever you want with it. Right. And Nintendo's got that. They've got at least got that legal right. I'm not going to say they got a moral right behind it because, yeah. I mean, yeah, they could, they could compromise with these people and be like, yeah, you can know, we'll, we'll let you do whatever. But Nintendo's been very strict about it. And I kind of get why. I mean, when you think about games that are being played on emulators and that you go and download like ROMs and like homebrewing and like hacking and shit. 
what company do you usually think of? Fucking Nintendo. They're the one that's the biggest. I feel like they're the biggest targets of this shit. So why wouldn't they be very, you know? But on the, to be fair though to the the hackers and stuff, the reason why they're probably the biggest target because they've been around longer, and so they have right. a lot of older games that people are nostalgic for and they love. But you can't get them on the newer consoles. They have not made them available or things backwards compatible to that point. And I mean, right. like, if yeah. they I made that point before, like, is that I totally get both sides of this argument. Yes, right? yeah, I totally get both sides because, like, we we had an episode like a while back before where we were talking about like emulators and like how I like the idea of emulators being able to like preserve some of these older games because a lot of these games, the companies that made them don't even exist anymore, right? You can't even find copies of some of these games out there. So there is a good thing. There is a good side to it, but at the same time. Like I said, Nintendo's got their at least legal right to be able to control their IPs, right? They don't, yeah. they see you doing something with their games that they feel like is problematic because Project M has been around for a while. And I feel like Nintendo's been probably trying to shut them down for like the longest and they haven't really been able to. They haven't been able to get an illegal foothold on like Project M. Mm. So I'm, I don't know. It's like you gotta, they gotta work with each other. You gotta be able to accept that. This IP isn't yours. There's no matter how much you love it, you don't own it. You can't do whatever you want with it, right? Yeah. You can, you're, you're accessing the code and like the engine to it without mm-hmm. any permission and you're modifying it. And if Nintendo doesn't like it, they got a right to be able to say, hey, stop this. We don't want you doing it. Mm-hmm. It's but true. The- I think they definitely have a right. I never disagree with that. I guess my, uh, well, the one thing I would uh, say about it, though, is um, like... Okay, biggest question here. Is it about time for studio do studios, game studios and stuff, and this is be very opinionated, right? Do they need to just chill and embrace streaming? Or do they need to fight it, right? And like I'm saying streaming, even though what we're specifically talking about is a, a community playing a game with a mod, but arguably they're doing that in the midst of wanting to like stream it as a tournament. You're not having a tournament just to, to, to have it in silence, right? You want to share it with other right. members of the community. So it's it's still enveloped in that term of streaming. It's why I lump it in here. Because there are stuff like Atlas that I mentioned just earlier who fight people on like streaming their games in certain points, especially like the Persona series and stuff like that. Like I still think they they hold people to the fire about even trying to stream the end of that game. And there was in some cases where they were trying to fight people streaming it all together at certain points, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, but but people watching a stream, does, streaming is unique uh, to, like, against, like, a movie, right? Like, if you stream a movie, you're definitely taking the sales of that movie. People are watching it, like, it's just free up there. Right. But you stream a game... More than likely, you'll probably find people be like, "Man, I didn't get this game yet. I'm going to get it," you know. And a lot of oh, people yeah. I bought a game. I've definitely bought more than one game because I've saw someone playing it, you know, a streamer playing it, and I'm like, you know what? That looks interesting. I want to play that myself. Yeah, because gaming is more of an experience, not just watching something. Right. And if you're worried about spoilers, well, you got to click into a stream. Like, if somebody doesn't want a game spoiled to them, streaming is not the problem. What's the problem is thumbnails that people put up on their YouTube clips or articles that get popped up that have like spoiler headlines. Like that that's what that's what does the spoilers. 
or right. usually, yeah. usually there's a very good spoiler etiquette on Twitch about spoilers. You'll put things in um using in your stream title. Mm-hmm. It's like like you see somebody playing the game, like mm-hmm. you know there's gonna be spoilers, right? Mm-hmm. And even like some people have they'll even come in and try and spoil the game for the streamer because the streamer will be playing it. And the, you know, somebody else might have finished it before them and they'll come in and they might wanna talk about oh so and so happens later and they end up spoiling it for the streamer and like the rest of the people watching Mm -hmm. so yeah that's usually frowned upon right so like like you said like spoilers are usually there's usually an etiquette for that stuff that people usually abide to at least on twitch Mm -hmm. a lot of the times yeah i agree and it's the same thing too like on our reddit if you go on reddit posts or reddit threads on on certain games they even work towards like moderators will kick your post if it has spoilers or if it's not labeled to have spoilers and stuff like that too. So right. you don't have spoiler tags and shit. Yeah. So beyond streaming, just communities getting together in forum chats and stuff on certain mm-hmm. social media stuff, um, there is work done there as well to try and protect from like, <clears throat> you know, uh, spoilers and such like that. But um, streaming in of its sense, I think, is, is, is very interesting. It's something I slept on for a while. And I remember when it first started happening. I remember watching a South Park bit where they were Cartman was streaming a video game becoming super popular. They were making a joke about it. And, like, because, I mean, I grew up 90s and shit. Like, I played games. The concept of somebody wanting to watch me play was absurd to me. And seeing that shit take off, I thought it was stupid for a while. In the early years, until I, I kind of get it, because it is fun to watch somebody play and, and to see other people's experiences with games and stuff like that. There's something to that that I do uh, appreciate. Uh, I don't watch as intently, though. But then again, a lot of times I'm playing games myself. You know, so right. I, I mean, I don't watch as much movies and TV as like some people. Like I do a movies and comics podcast, but like if you're looking for the deep dive guys, you're that's not the podcast for you. Uh, I mean, we just talk shit a lot. <laughs> we talk movies, comics, but we just talking shit a lot. You know, we're not um, we're not gonna dive deep into a trailer and pull it apart and all this kind of stuff. I'm not gonna watch Avengers Endgame five times in a row because I'm busy playing games. You know, like I I like playing games more so than watching a movie. I grew up that way. I didn't have cable TV. I had Nintendo, so that's what I played. You know, like I would catch channels on tv it's not that i didn't watch any but like you know i play my games just how it was you know so um with streaming and stuff it's just interesting um and i think companies do need to start embracing and some do like i think uh it's goodwill is what it is when a company is willing to embrace a community it's not so much that the company is really profiting off of the community i mean sure they are probably a little bit mm-hmm. but what about know. um plants like for instance there's a there's a show on uh i thought it was pretty good it's on apple tv it's done by uh, some of the guys that do the uh always sunny in philadelphia it's a uh, mythic quest is the name of the show really good show and there's an arc in there about a young uh young girl who the company she works for, she's a game tester. And they're like, yo, we want you to be a streamer and stream the game that we're making. So she's like a plant. Like, there's a whole bit where she gets outed 
and she gets like <clears throat> lambashed on internet and you know social media stuff and all that people are like tearing into her about being uh you know, corporate chill and all this kind of stuff. How often do you feel like, have you come across anybody you feel is like that? Is that a common thing or, or, or how often do you think that might, I guess, happen to kind of help build behind that? That doesn't happen very often because you know why? Because there's actually a law against that. If you're uh, advertising something either on YouTube or on Twitch, you have to put it in your uh, stream title that you're sponsored. Because it's, uh, I forget why, but there actually is an FCC law about that. Not only could Twitch and YouTube get in a lot of trouble by it, but you could end up getting in a lot of trouble behind it and getting, getting into fines and shit. Mm. So, yeah, it's actually not, it's actually illegal to do that. Like, to try to, like, stream something and you're, like, actually, like, corporately sponsored and you mm. don't say so, you have to say so. Yeah, no, I've, I've, <clears throat> I feel like you're right on that. Um but I do know that um, there probably is some because um, I know that a lot of streamers and stuff will also say like this this was given to me by the company and I gotta say yeah. that up front and stuff like that and they'll do things like that and cover their ass on that so um, you're definitely right um, <clears throat> but I do wonder I guess how much coercion happens behind the scenes as well I mean we've seen through the 90s 2000s and stuff especially with reviews and like uh, journalists and stuff there's been reported stories of like some people even getting shunned from the industry because they graded a game poorly, you know, right. not from the industry itself, but like from a company, you know, I think uh, Konami was yeah, actually notorious for that rate one. a game poorly. And then the yeah. company doesn't want to send you any more free copies of the game to rate yeah. because they get bonuses and they get kickbacks off a of good rating. So if you're going to yeah. give them a poor rating, it's, it's like it, it de-incentivizes the company to for them to send you their games. Yeah. Right? So it's almost like a double-edged sword or like a catch-22 because like if you give an honest review and you give a poor review, then you're risking not getting any more games from that company. But yeah. if you lie and you give them like a good review and the company gets a kickback for it, then you'll send them, they'll send you more games and then you get to keep up with what like, like you say, what's fucking hot? What's the hot shit? And like you get to be one of like the first reviews out there and then turn that, turns into more profit for you mm -hmm. yeah oh no i hear that too um that's i don't know how much of that still happens now but as far as like the coercion stuff goes but you're right like it is it is the double-edged sword it is the weird thing of like you're getting paid by your rating but like you're having these other people do the ratings and so um I, there's some stories out there, but I I don't think it happens as much anymore. At least you don't hear about it as much. And I think a lot of people, you know, kind of more upfront, like somebody gave me this game and I'm going I don't to play know. it. I think I hear, I hear about it just about every time. Mm. But I mean, at least you hear people throwing it around just about every time there's a game out there that ends up with like a 96 on Metacritic from yeah. Metacritic. But then you look at the public review and then it's got like, I don't know, a 60 or some shit. Yeah. Or, you know and then people will be like yeah they got paid off to do it or whatever like last of us 2 is uh like the one that i can think of a lot of people hated on that game for like a variety of different reasons whether they actually genuinely didn't yeah, like it yeah but see i feel like that one some of the articles i've read like i think it deserved a higher score and i think a lot of people were taking their social commentary into this feeling yeah that's and, what i'm saying like mm -hmm. like for whatever reason they didn't like it. either they didn't even if they didn't genuinely like it or they thought they they didn't like the commentary of the game, like the social commentary of the game. Mm -hmm. And they were just trying to hate on it 
like people were just saying, oh, the only reason critics uh, gave it such a high review is because they got paid off. They said, that was a common excuse. I remember hearing that, but people, I think, went into that already emotionally charged by the leaks yeah. and stuff like that that happened. And it's sad that it happened with the game like that, but that's what it was. I know people were upset. There was there was some trans stuff in there. Um, there was the whole thing being with Ellie and like um, you know all the spoilers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So spoilers here for the quick. Like you could just skip fifteen seconds if you want. Um, but Joel dies very early on in the um, in the game, you know, and that mm -hmm. I think upset a lot of people too. And um, there was this very masculine female that was kind of the protagonist and antagonist at the same time in the game. And uh, people, I've, I've seen people quipping about that. And it's, it's a lot of nitpicky issues. When you break it down to the gameplay of it all, like, it's just a better version of the first one. So if you want to fault it for not reimagining the game, I would agree with that. Um, I would agree with that. Um, you know, issue with it because uh, it doesn't really reimagine the gameplay at all. The story was fantastic, though. I thought it was interesting. Um, everything comes with a bit of disbelief. There's a swole ass chick in there. So what? Like I've seen people breaking down her workout regimen because apparently there's like a shot of it in the game of like her workout. And, like there's no way she'd be that swole. I was like, all right, man. <laughs> yeah, like the game, right? I had. Like I haven't, like I haven't played the game, but like I told you, I, I've I've seen like all the story beats. I've seen, I've watched like the 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 game mm -hmm. and everything because I haven't had the opportunity to actually play it yet. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know what the gameplay is like, mm -hmm. but I hear it's just a lot like just like the first one. It is. Right? It's very similar. It's 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 better. It's I feel like Demon Souls is is a bit of that too, right? Where I've played the original on PlayStation Three, and you can feel the clunkiness of it, but the new versions here feel much tighter. And you feel like, for instance, with Demon Souls, um, <clears throat> the Maneater fight was terrible for me when I was playing on PlayStation 3. And a lot of it was the wonkiness of the, the camera and the, and the lock-ons and like just not hmm. feeling as much in control. Uh, playing it on the 5, it's great. I beat Maneater as my first shot. And when I played on New Game Plus, they killed me a, a bunch of times. I actually struggled to get them a bit, but... It was fair. Like, I knew why I was losing. I wasn't good enough. Like, I kept getting killed or missing a dodge or something like that. Like, it didn't feel... Like, I don't think I ever walked off a cliff fighting the Maneaters in uh, this new remake. I walked off the cliff so many like, times. Do you feel like maybe some of your experience with Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 2 might have played into, like, it, helping you have better control over the game? It could have. It okay. could have. Because you play, Demon you play Demon Souls right after you play Bloodborne. And Bloodborne is a much more fluid game. Yeah. So you bring up a good argument. It could have. But honestly, I feel like the game feels uh, a bit better than that. I mean, it's still very similar, but I do feel like the layout and everything of this game feels much have, better. Because I'm just asking, because I heard Blue Point, they were saying that they didn't really change anything about the game. But a lot of the AI, enemy AI, like a lot of shit is the but same. But see, that's not the issue I had with it because the AI is very similar. So, like, I'm not even saying that that's what's different. I, I, I'm saying much more what's different is just the camera movement, the feel, and, like, um, those kind of, like, little buggy issues with how things go. But the movements, the attack patterns, all that stuff is very similar. But, I mean, like, even if you look at Flame Lurker, 
he definitely fights a little different than what he did in the original. Like his attack patterns and stuff are very sim- are just the same from the original, but like the hitboxes of things and stuff like that feel different. I'll put it that way. I feel like it's a bit different, and it feels better. So, um, same thing with uh, Last of Us Two. Last of Us Two. A lot of the issues I had playing through the original, and like on the hardest difficulty and stuff like that, felt real janky. Um, trying to like combat somebody in the game, almost stopping and sliding me and the other enemy into place to commence a fight. Like a lot of that shit, you know, is, of course is gone in the in Last of Us Two. You know, right? Because that's it, the first one was a PS3 game. Exactly, exactly, and the same thing with Demon Souls for that matter as well. Yeah. So. Um, these like these games feel much better, much smoother, and uh, just really fucking great experiences. And so, like, yes, back to the topic at hand. Last of Us Two is a great game, and uh, if somebody gave it a nine, um, a ten feels too generous. But that's what IGN gave it, and I guess you can maybe make the argument there if maybe they are trying to appease, you know, Naughty Dog. I don't know, but um. You know, nines and stuff, I think we're, we're good for it. I, I don't think it's bad, you know? Uh, story and everything is tight. But, like, if you're going to be fair, I remember seeing Batman Origins get blasted by critics because they were like, they didn't do enough to change. It feels a lot like Arkham City and la da da this and that. But, I mean, it was still Batman. And the boss fights were better. The story was pretty good. Uh, a lot of things in that game were great, but it, it it was almost feeling like here's Arkham City again, you know. So I mean, like, I get that, but I mean, like, if that's the problem, then yeah, Last of Us Part Two should have been taken down for that issue. But all this, but I feel like what Last of Us Two got hit by was all the social commentary shit. All yeah, the like it definitely got taken down more. Like all the review bombing and shit, like it, it didn't reserve that. Like no. it didn't. Like you really did. Like I come when we were talking about it, and then the episode we did, I was yeah. kind of getting into the story and how I felt like the story was not as good as this first one and everything. Mm-hmm. And because that's the impression I got, because that's the only thing I can really speak on. Like I said, I know the story. I've watched all the story beeps and everything. Like the whole like twelve hour movie of like all of the story and everything. And I feel like the story is like maybe a seven out of ten compared to like the first one. Like, I'm not going to say it's bad, right? And I feel like some of the character motivations and shit that I, I told you, I felt like they didn't really make sense and shit. But, like, I don't really feel like it's a game that I wouldn't play. Because I still want to play it. I want an experience for myself. Maybe I'll get a different point of view out of it once I actually get to You know, that's a it. good point right there. I do want to ask you, not to, to steer you into a different direction, but bringing it back around to streaming and stuff and us talking about it, what are the benefits or cons or what things do you get out of like playing the game versus watching the game because i've never watched the game played through completely to uh, i've watched games play through completely but not games that i haven't experienced yet okay what is that like okay like um let me see if i can get a good example of a game that i watched completely through um I mean, Something. The Last of Us 2 could be one, but you never played it. So, yeah, is there a game that you've watched all the way through and then went and played it, and how did that affect Well, I want to pick one that, that you've played as well, right? So that's what, let's, go with, let's go with Resident Evil 2. We both played Resident Evil 2. Um, the remake or the I, original? Yeah, the remake. Okay. 
Yeah, the remake. I watched uh, people play through uh, the original Resident Evil 2. I had played the original, uh, you know, so when the remake came out, I was watching people play through the the remake, right? And I already knew I was going to get the game, so it didn't influence, like, whether I was going to get the game or not. But what it did was is it showed me a lot of things that were different in the remake before I actually ended up getting it. So it did kind of spoil some things for me, which I already knew was going to happen going into it, but I wanted to see it because I knew I was going to end up playing it anyways. But then once I actually got to see everything and then I went back and I started playing it, it did affect my gameplay somehow, a little bit because I don't know. Like, I knew certain things were going to happen, when certain things were going to happen. Like, I knew the G fight was coming up and everything. And then Resident Evil 2 is a good one to, to, to uh, talk about because I think the person I watched did Chris's playthrough first, and I did Claire's playthrough first. Uh, so Leon's. Still... Chris not in the game. I mean, not Chris. Um, Leon's, yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, Leon's play. They did Leon's playthrough first, and I did... Um, players play through first so yeah so i ended up seeing like a good bit of leon's playthrough mm -hmm. right and so i played players and then it helped me get like the other half of the story on the see like things that were different and everything and i still got the experience kind of like a fresh side of it right because they ended up fighting like two different bosses they had like different story paths and everything mm -hmm. so i don't know it depends what game like you're 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 watching because like i don't know a, sto a very story heavy game like ghost of tsushima i didn't watch anybody play that because i knew i, I was already going to get it and i wanted to play it and i didn't want to be spoiled on the story or anything but uh, i felt like if i had watched somebody play it it would have lessened the experience of it so mm -hmm. i kind of kind of pick and choose like mm -hmm. what games i want to watch and i know that if i'm going to spoil it for myself it's not going to ruin the play experience yeah okay interesting Interesting. Yeah, and I, I think that kind of goes more to the topic, too, of the importance of streaming to gameplay and to these companies and stuff. And to be honest, it's a choice, man. Like, and I think that's what's, I hope that's what companies come to realize that are against it, which I don't think is many. I think more and more companies now embrace the streaming. Um, I think they do. Yeah. It's like I said, it's like streaming is like a streaming is is like a goodwill thing like i said unless you're like a really big streamer you can't really say like oh i made this game or i sold so and so many copies of this game like that's not a flex you it's it's have. a marketing like, game man that that's that's marketing right there like when you get in right. touch with streamers you have streamers have these followings and stuff like that it's a way to divert your marketing budget where right. you they are doing all the work and they're making money for it as well and you can easily get them to pump your titles for X amount of dollars and then they're doing the work, you know? And, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just kind of a fair exchange thing. And, 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 and for the dangers of it ruining your game, like, uh, look, there's been plenty of games that have come out. Spoilers have happened and I've played my games spoiler free, played them fresh. Cause it's a choice, you know, like I don't go looking for the shit. If you don't want to be spoiled, on the next fucking Resident Evil game or Metal Gear game or whatever might <clears throat> come our way. Metal Gear is a long shot, but whatever. Um, <laughs> whatever whatever it is, just don't look for it. I don't know. So I've been hearing rumors about a fucking Metal Gear Solid uh, reboot. I heard that. I heard that, but those spoilers are already out there. So, But, like, again, like, if you had never played Metal Gear 1, 
Okay, you're out there listening to us. You never played Metal Gear One, and the, and this remake comes out. You have the choice to just not listen and watch anything on Metal Gear until after you play the game when it comes out, and right. you can do it without spoilers. I do it all the time, and it works. So, like, you have to click into a stream to start watching it. And at that point, you know, whatever happens, happens. Now, I have heard of things where you might watch a stream for, let's say, <clears throat> let's say you're watching a Mortal Kombat stream, and then chat decides to talk about Metal Gear. <laughs> you know, for whatever reason it comes up, you do run the risk with that. It's not always as easy what I'm saying. Like, I remember when... um and it's like a real life stuff. I remember when uh, <clears throat> uh, Avengers Endgame came out. And I was excited. And I almost didn't watch it on opening weekend. I was going to wait till the next week originally. But I changed my mind and got in opening weekend and watched it. If I had not done that, by the time it came the next weekend, Avengers Endgame would have been spoiled for me. Because I walked into a store and this kid just out of... Just in there talking, like, yeah, the Avengers Endgame was great, and at the end, Iron Man died. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> she came out just last week, motherfucker. Like, thank God I already watched it because I would have been pissed if he would have said that. Right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know for sure. I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know for certain. I thought maybe Cap might go. Who knows? So, like, there there are the dodging bullets. Well, that's not on streaming and stuff. That's just anything. Anything might spoil it, you know? And, I mean, it's a different conversation to have, but there's another part of this that's hacking and, like, what happened to Capcom, which is just fucking... That sucks, man. Really sucks. That Capcom got all their shit put out there. Now we know a lot of the shit they got coming. So, Capcom leaks. But, I mean, like, that that's what really damages, I think, um games spoilers and stuff like that streaming streaming a game again most times i think most people who watch streams i think i don't say most that's too general but i think a lot of people who watch it have already played the game like for me i've been starting to like to watch game playthroughs of games i'm playing and like i've already beaten like with the dark souls game uh i was already like at the end and, and i finally beat the game and I started watching <clears throat> Dark Souls. Uh, one of the podcasters I like, <coughs> uh, Willie uh, with Castle Super Beast, I watched his streaming of Dark Souls 1. And it was fun just to see what somebody else did. And I saw some shit that I missed, you know? And yeah, yeah. See, that's like part of the, the fun of watching someone else play. Yeah. They're going to play it differently than you did. Exactly. Right? You're gonna, so you get to see another take on the game, right? Even if it's like a, a story game based mm-hmm. game, say like you know something like, like like I say, Ghost of Tsushima, right? Like they might not use exactly all the same equipment and items. They might not choose the same upgrades we did. I get to see them to play this. Get to see them play the game. Yeah, like I see what happens when he got the Sin's Fortress, right? And I was like, how did you handle this one? You know, that was kind of interesting to see. And uh, he played with like a spear and shield the whole time. I played with two daggers. I had a parry dagger and then another dagger in my hand. <laughs> That's how I played the game. I didn't use shields. You know, that's just the way I like to play. And so right. it's just different. And it's just interesting to see how people handle it. Like, he handled it very well. Like, shield stuff is definitely an optimal way to do things. Like, he did not die as many times as I did. 
I definitely mm-hmm. died a lot, you know, but it's just. That's because you came from Bloodborne. You came from Bloodborne. You got used to playing. You got that programmed in your first experience of like not using shields in, in uh, you know, Souls games. Yeah. And when, you know, you actually get to play Dark Souls and Dark Souls is a, is kind of a shield centric game. But I play the same way a lot of the time. I don't mm. even use a shield. Usually, mm. I usually use like two-handed weapons or something. See, that's what started it for me. Is because um, when I played Demon Souls, I did use uh, I was using sword and shield for a bit, because that's how they start you off basically. But I was realizing I kept two-handing it, or like I kept wanting to use my magic spells because my first character had magic, and I was actually using the magic spells for a bit. So then what I did was I started taking off the shield and just having like a sword and the cat and the catalyst in my hand. And mm-hmm. I would shoot magic and then slice when they got close, or I just hit triangle and two hand the sword. And then in Dark Souls one, they kinda opened up with some more weapons and like the parry dagger was kinda fun to use and parrying and stuff was always pretty good. I always did a lot of that, you know, in, in certain areas that are more apt to it than others. So um, and also in Dark Souls 1, the bleed effect is really good, where if you keep slicing, it just does massive damage, where in Demon Souls, bleed effect is more like poison. It's just once they get bleed, they lose damage over time. I like uh, the way bleed works much better in the Dark Souls. It's definitely much better there. But uh, that's a digression. Uh, but I think we can go ahead and shut this down. Um, this is the last episode here until the new year. So I want to wish everyone happy holidays, Merry Christmas to those who observe that, and uh, happy new year to all. I uh, hope uh, next year is definitely much better, uh, especially with this COVID shit and all that. Um, Kev, uh, did you? Suspect- uh-huh. I'm not. I'm not suspecting it to be. Like a lot of people are yeah. feeling like once the vaccine gets here next year and everything, like things are gonna start going downhill, which I think is hopeful thinking. But like, I don't know. I'm feeling like that's probably not gonna be the case. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how things go. Um, uh, but we'll still keep things together. I am. Uh, I'm looking to do a few different things. I'm going different directions. I don't think we'll be doing Gamer Needs Food Badly anymore, and I'm not really pushing. Uh, I would like to do it, but I don't know. Not, not, I'm not sure what I want to do with that right now. I mean, I'm definitely, the whole restaurant concept is shelved. It's not going to happen. Uh, with everything with COVID and stuff and things is personal, with you know me and things like that financial wise and everything um i feel like i'm just going to embrace more of the podcast and streaming and just do what's fun and the hobby of it so i'm looking to go that route more um maybe something opens up down the road with the cooking i would like eric to be more involved especially at least recording with us but i don't really know how to get him into doing that he's made comments wanting to i mean it'd be great if he could just grab you and y'all come over saturdays and we just talk some shit you know but uh i don't know well i'm gonna talk to eric more about it i'm definitely looking at maybe changing the format of the audio stuff a bit too like i don't think we'll talk about the games we played for nearly as much or i might even push that towards the end and instead get more into the topics and things up front 
And then if people want to hear us drone on about the games we played, maybe that. Because I, I think the games we played is a fun topic. I like talking about it, but I think it's a lot of me talking than you talking, and it's not as engaging. So right. uh, I'm thinking what I might even do is relegate it to like one game. Like, what's the one game you've played that's, you know, boom. And then it might be something at the end that we just mentioned to shut it down. Because I do like talking and hearing about that stuff, but it's not as engaging. It seems like your gameplay, things happen more interesting to you during gameplay than they do to me. I guess it might be because of the different ways we play games, you know, because I'm very methodical and I'm very planned in everything when I play things before I go. Like, if I go into a mission when I'm playing Hyrule Warriors, I'll try to, like, plan out like everything that I want to try to do the best as possible. Whereas you just kind of like, yeah, I'll wing it. And then just shit happens. Yeah. That's kind of me. That's my style of things. I'll just like, I'll like, uh, <laughs> um, I'll go into world five, two of demon souls and have like one poison cure and just be like, well, we'll see what happens, <laughs> you know? And like, I got like 10 or five hell healing items. So it's like, eh, Maybe they'll give me more. <laughs> right? That's that's sometimes how I do it instead of like, let me go buy some shit. Now, sometimes I go buy my shit and get prepared. I don't always do the winged thing, but like sometimes I do do it that way. So it just depends because like I think a lot of it's laziness. Like I don't feel like loading over there. I'm just going to see what happens. And then sometimes I pull it off and then sometimes I don't. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I'm, hope we uh we could do something next year um i'm thinking and any listeners who want to put in suggestions all means i'm open to them i was thinking what might be fun but it might be a little more work is to find maybe find something like a crazy i don't know if uh maybe a uh, crazy clips from people playing games or something like that almost like a think a tosh.0 right but with a gaming bent to it and not, not, not as a episode, not to be the episode, but to be like a segment where we find like one clip or something. I don't know. Right. I've been debating something like that and just making it a little more fun. Like, I don't want to exactly cover the news. Everybody does that. I'm still against doing that here. I don't mind talking news topics, especially as they come up in like topics that we talk about. But I kind of like being able to come to any episode and it's got a, um, I don't want to, it's not exactly true, but almost like a timeless feel to it, right? Yeah, I don't understand what you're saying. Like if we cover the news, it's going to be something that's in that time period and you're going to be able to place it. I'm like, oh, this episode happened then. Yeah. Mm. You don't want, you don't really, you want to try to avoid that feel. Yeah, you're still going to come across to, on some extent, especially when we reference things that are happening to us because that's how, that's how people talk. But for the most part, though, it doesn't feel isolated to, like, this thing that happened in 2017, you know? Like, it's um, it's more of a concept or idea that we're exploring that's, you know, game-related and such like that. So, um, anyways, so I am looking to do some stuff with that. Any ideas are welcome. Uh, I'm hoping to maybe get Eric involved. It'd be nice to see you and Eric come over again. I'd, I'd much prefer live recordings than over this. Because uh, it's easier when you can see body language. I can see you. You can see me. 
we can read off each other. Conversations go. I think we do pretty good talking with each other over this. You know, like I, I don't think it's. Um, I've heard some some pretty rough podcasts to get through. You know, people not hearing each other on streams and <clears throat> I mean on um on their um you know zooms or whatever the hell they're using, right? I think for us we uh I think we communicate pretty well, but um. I, I do think there's a different energy to it when everybody's in the room. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I'm hoping to get that. I mean, I'm still doing that actually with the comics and movies. Um, Jerome, Patrick, and um, uh, Renee, they come over and we chop it up. And it has that energy and stuff that I like. Uh, I'm wanting to get that again with the gaming stuff. It was fun with you and Ryan and Eric and Patrick and all that kind of stuff. And I might talk to Patrick to see if he wants to come over to the games again. I don't know. Like I, I and he didn't want to leave games or anything like that. He didn't. Uh, he's just kind of open to whatever. I, I kind of pushed him in that direction because it just felt like he had more to say with movies than games. But I don't know. Like he's still kind of in games and stuff too. So I'm just see where what he feels. I might shift him back over to us. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But um, in the meantime. Y'all have a uh, happy holidays, and uh, unless you get anything else to add, um, Kev. Yeah, watch me at twitch.tv slash Sir Kalo. That's it. Watch him there, and I'm at Sammy Savage eighty eight. You can check me out over there. Um, right. Y'all be good. Later. <laughs>